Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 767. I tried to gesture with the subtlety Vachette had been teaching me. Respect uncertainty. Respectful uncertainty. You misplaced your heel slightly, I said. Your left heel. Shaheen nodded. Good. She gestured. Pleased approval. Widely enough so anyone who happened to be watching could see it. And of course, everyone was. Giddy with praise, but conscious of the fact I was being watched, I kept my face locked in the proper impassivity as Shaheen walked away with Penthe in tow. I leaned my head close to Vachette's. I like Shaheen's little hat, I said. Vachette shook her head and sighed. Come. She jostled my shoulder with her own and got to her feet. We should leave before you spoil the good impression you have made today. That night at supper, I sat in my customary place at the corner of one table by the wall farthest from the food. Since no one was willing to sit within ten feet of me, there was no sense my taking up space where people might actually want to sit. My good mood still buoyed me, so I was not surprised when I saw a flicker of red slide into the seat across from me. Carceret again. Once or twice a day, she made a point to come close enough to hiss a few words at me. She was overdue. But, looking up, I was surprised. Vachette sat across from me. She nodded her impassive face, staring into my astonished one. Then I composed myself, nodded back, and we ate for a while, in companionable silence. After we were finished eating, we passed some time pleasantly speaking softly of small things. We left the dining hall together, and when we stepped into the evening air, I switched back into a turin, so I could properly articulate something I'd been thinking for several hours. Vachette, I said. It occurs to me it would be nice to fight someone whose ability is somewhat closer to my own. Vachette laughed, shaking her head. That is like throwing two virgins into a bed. Enthusiasm, passion, and ignorance are not a good combination. Someone is likely to get hurt. I hardly think it's fair to call my fighting virginal, I said. I'm not near your level, but you yourself said my katan is remarkably good. I said your katan was remarkably good considering the amount of time you have been studying, she corrected. Oh, she corrected me. Which is less than two months, which is no time at all. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So, Quoth sees her take a perfect step, and we made a big deal about it because it's at the end of the page in all three of our books. On purpose. And that's the last motion we get of Shaheen's before the fight ends. And then Quoth, uh, or Shaheen asks, what did you see? And Quoth said, you misplaced your heel slightly. So, if that is the perfect step, then I submit to you that I suggest that Vashet did, Shaheen did it on purpose. Shaheen intentionally took a step 
like a perfect step, but she did it in such a way that would cause the fight to end, perhaps because it's a teachable moment for Quoth or a teachable moment for the other students. Uh, I just think she misplaced her heel at an earlier point in the fight and that lapse cost her the fight. So why take the perfect step? Because she's still fighting. So the final moments of the fight looking over, why did I lose? She lost because she misplaced her heel several moves earlier. It's not yes, a chess exa- match. Yes, it is. Okay. All fights are a chess match. All fights are a chess match. I, uh, I posit to you, sirs, that the single perfect step was not the last step she took before that occurred. Yeah. I posit to you that she took a single perfect step and then some other shit happened and she misplaced her foot after the single perfect step. I think Jordana's theory is more likely and we're not going to get us an answer either way. So just want to put it out there. You know, it's kind that of sounds like I win. Think about. It yeah. does sound like you win, doesn't it? Woo-hoo! I'm not saying that you did. I'm just saying that it sounds like that. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> closer. <laughs> <laughs> Can't let you get off that easy. Mm. What do we think that it means that Vashet has decided to sit with him? What do we think she is trying to signal to the other ADEM? Oh, that his stock is rising. Um, and I mean, we could we could ask ourselves, why hadn't you sat with him before? Uh, why now? Clearly, like, Shaheen did something. Shaheen intentionally, like, signaled. And uh, interesting how their language is structured, like, that you can do a gesture, you know, subtly enough that only the person you're talking to can see it, or you can gesture like loudly enough that everybody will notice it. Right. Like the, the status and the implications of the intricacies of the language are on full display. And so Shaheen is going like, you have my approval barbarian. And so now maybe Vashet is like, it's interesting to think of like Vashet, looking to Shaheen for guidance on like how social to get with Quoth. Or how, at least how, how social she can get in public, you know, like, and it's not clear like what exactly the, the social expectations are between masters and students ordinarily. Like do masters and students normally eat together in the communal dining hall? We don't know. So has she been up until this point signaling her disapproval of Quoth by not uh, eating with him? Is that like, would if Quoth knew enough to understand Adam cultural uh, niceties, would he understand that like that was a in some sense a, a a sign of his lower social status that she wasn't willing to eat with him until now? She's also joking with him a little bit more. I wonder if they're just becoming friends. If it's just that simple. Ah, yes. The simplest answer. Always the best answer. Yeah, because prior to this, she's... Prior to this chapter, I should say, she's very much like... They have a formal relationship. And they still do, but even on in, in this scene with Shaheen, they're like... She's ripping on him a little bit. She she laughs, and she like jostles his shoulder, uh, and then makes a joke, and Quoth like leans to her and like makes a little crack about Shaheen's hat. So I yes. think maybe they're just becoming friends. Yes, they're they're not being quite as like formal master and student as they were. And then Quoth asks to fight someone whose ability is closer to his own, and there is a sex metaphor. Another sex metaphor, I should say. Oh yes, a sexophore, if you will. Yes, a sexophore. My favorite dinosaur. 
Indeed. And that does kind of tell... that's a sexosaur, not a sexophore. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm a sexosaurus. <laughs> I have a very sexy paleontological discovery. That's right. Why don't you dust off this bone? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, um, this might also... It's to been be... petrified for 65 million years. Baby. That's right. This might also be telling us something about uh, 8M sexual norms that, like, she seems to find the idea of, like, two virgins getting together, you know, a little funny. Like, that's not, that doesn't seem like a great idea, which, you know, it it doesn't if you stop to think about it for a minute. Um, But I feel like that's more of a norm in our society. Maybe it's less of a norm in 8M society. So you think there's more of a, like... (laughs) <laughs> like a, like a master student relationship like there's more of a uh when you come of age there's more of a like maybe not formal schooling but like it's i guess expected that someone more experienced would guide someone who is inexperienced yeah maybe maybe i mean especially you know i don't know how much we can take from Quoth's relationship with vashet because it is unusual but if it is relatively usual for a teacher to develop a kind of sexual relationship with their student then maybe that is how it happens for a lot of people that you're you know you get your rocks off with your teacher and that kind of teaches you the basics of what you need to know yeah maybe you're saying that it's like the role of the martial teacher to also be the sexual teacher yeah i'm pretty sure those two things are not like it that's definitely not explicit no it's not that's not even implicit (laughs) It's not, but it's. I'm saying it could be, but we don't have enough information really to to go on. I mean, I think it's probably just like culturally, they're like uh, people who are newer to it would be encouraged to seek out people who with who have more experience, and then probably people who have more experience. Some of them are interested in like teaching a younger party. Yeah, it is more casual, so it might be more like, hey, I'm not very good at this. Would you teach me? Sure, I've got five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see it more likely that it would be something like that. Yeah, we'll learn more about it soon. And the next chapter is when Quoth and Vashet uh, become master and student in a different way. Mm-hmm. Anything else on this page? I'm all good. I'm good. All right, this letter is from the Wolf of Jersey, who writes on Plum Bob and the Murderers. Hello, Trio. I recently finally finished season one with you guys and was happy to be able to immediately continue on to Wise Man's Sphere, even though I am still two years behind. I am up to episode 68 when describing the Plum Bob situation. It came to mind as true proof that Ambrose did not send the murderers that day in Name of the Wind. Think of how lame it would be for Ambrose to send literal murderers after Quoth, and then his next step after being foiled would be to give him a non-life-threatening poison that makes him mouthy. How freaking dumb and lame would that be to de-escalate an attack method so thoroughly? To me, it is true proof those guys were not on Ambrose's dollar. That being said, as much as I absolutely despise everything about Ambrose, you have to give him some credit for his type of attack on Quoth. We know Quoth's biggest enemy is truly himself in his pride, and Ambrose absolutely found the perfect way to exploit that. He really, very really gave Quoth all the rope he needed to hang himself, showing that Ambrose is, at least, smart enough to properly assess his enemy. Excited to continue catching up. Signed, the Wolf of Jersey. 
I mean, I've been saying, you guys. But I mean, I think that's exactly why it is an escalation. He sends. He sends. He's no. It's an escalation. He sends some goons after Quoth to kill him, and when that doesn't work, he has a brainwave and goes, "Aha!" But Quoth is already kind of impulsive and mouthy. That's one of the many, many things I hate about him. So what if I dose him in such a way that he will become his own worst enemy and he'll get himself killed or kill himself without me having to arrange to have him murdered? Poppycock, he'd just have him murdered again. Nope. Nope, you're nope. No, you. No, you. You know what? I was sold on this letter until Jeremy said words. And oh, no, I... Jordana, don't be such a lint roller. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> a, a lint roller? Yeah, the last, idea, you, you, the last idea sticks to you. <laughs> don't be such a lint roller. That's definitely not an insult I've heard before, but uh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. It is an insult. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, whatever, Jeremy. Good. You're Good. rooting for Jordana with your bad theories. Uh, Jordana and I will rule the galaxy together as podcast hosts. Oh, yeah, well, I'll start my own better podcast. Oh, yeah? Called the Podcast of No Jeremy and Jordana's, where oh, all my no. theories are correct. Oh, no. That's right. What, what if I wanted to guest on it, though? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know if you've read those uh, various articles, but apparently... People are paying up to $10,000 for a guest spot on a, a podcast these days. Ah, jeez. Jordana, we got to put together some scratch. I don't even know what this is a reference to. It's a reference to an article that came out about a uh, big time, like, like not indie podcasts like ours, but like podcasts that are on like, you know, the New York Times podcast network or whatever, paying their guests to, to come on and like boost their no, 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 the guests are paying them yeah the sorry being that it's such a boost to go on these podcasts which wow. <laughs> i think is ridiculous i think that it's consensus manufacturing that that these articles are writing these things because nothing has ever happened none of those things have ever happened yeah yeah for sure i'm not gonna worry about whether or not it's true because it doesn't change my life either way <laughs> that's mm. a pretty good attitude jordana you know what i take it back it's jordana is who's the, the wise roller <laughs> <laughs> Truly, Jordana is the wisest of all of us. Great, I like that. Let's yes. let's keep that vibe. Jordana is the hand that rolls the roller. <laughs> the hand that lints the roll. That, I don't know. That makes me feel manipulative. Actually, eh, that's not too far from the truth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, listener, maybe Jordana will change your mind on Ooh. tomorrow's page. Of the, the-